instead of having a database stored in one centralized location or something, it's a distributed ledger, right? Where information is shared across multiple nodes or multiple locations, right? And so based on that, that is what allows a blockchain to be distributed as opposed to centralized. Welcome to Conversations with Connors, a NetworkWise podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Connors. NetworkWise trains and educates individuals and organizations in the science and art of networking to accelerate sales, personal development, and career opportunities. In Conversations with Connors, I talk with a variety of highly successful individuals in order to gain insights on how they built, maintained, and cultivated their relationships in order to live a life by design, not by default. Today, I'm joined by business operations executive Greg Vixima to discuss the exciting and rapidly evolving world of Web 3.0 and the metaverse. Together, we explore the similarities between Web 3.0 and the metaverse and how these two concepts are interconnected. We discuss the many different technologies and innovations that come under the Web 3.0 umbrella, including cryptocurrency and blockchain. Greg provides an overview of what crypto and blockchain are and how they work. He emphasizes the decentralized nature of these technologies and how they have the potential to disrupt traditional systems of power and control. We also discuss the decentralized networks and communities that are managing these technologies rather than centralized authorities. Throughout our conversation, we explore other key concepts within the Web 3.0 space, such as NFTs, DeFi, and DAOs. Greg explains what each of these terms mean and how they fit into the larger ecosystem of Web 3.0. We also discuss the exciting opportunities that exist within this universe, such as new forms of ownership and participation in digital economies. Finally, Greg offers his advice for individuals who are interested in transitioning into the Web 3.0 space. He emphasizes the importance of being curious and open-minded, as well as taking the time to educate oneself and build a network of like-minded individuals. He also encourages people to experiment and try new things in order to gain a better understanding of this emerging technology landscape. Overall, it's really just a fascinating conversation that sheds light on this exciting possibilities that are out there in the Web 3.0 world and how it will continue to shape our future. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Greg Vixima as much as I did. Greg Vixima, welcome to the show, man. It's a it's a pleasure to have you here. It's awesome to look across the table at that beautiful <laughs> smiling face of yours. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, you ready to have some fun and edify uh, our audience? Yes, I am. I think it's going to be a great conversation. You think, or we're going to rock? Uh, it? We will have a great conversation. Okay, that's what I'm talking about, brother. Let's do okay, it. Okay, awesome. So I want to give everybody just kind of a feel, a little bit of feel for kind of who you are and just 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 your ethos. So I'm going to hit you with a. Couple Couple quick questions. Okay. All Let's right. Um, is the glass half empty or half full? Uh, always half full. I'm an optimist. I am an optimist. Sometimes overly optimistic, but definitely glass half full. All right. Love that. Greg, tell me a habit that you have, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, sure. I I do have a pretty good habit. I've been pretty religious about working out four days a week. Uh, I will say maybe during the summertime, closer to five. But a habit I've tried to maintain since since high school has been ma- um, maintaining and getting a good workout. And I think it's a good way of just releasing stress and clearing your mind. Yeah, and, and you're looking good, man. <laughs> Thank you. Likewise, <laughs> likewise. Thank you. What would be one thing that people might be surprised to know about you? I've been told that I come off, people will think that I'm a natural, more extroverted. I, I have a lot of you know energy and excitement, but I would say that naturally I'm more of an introvert. I, I'm a little bit more calculated and uh, I try to analyze things before kind of, you know, really putting myself out there. And so I remember going through a uh, an analysis of one of these like work, I've got the exact assessment, but basically it confirmed that um, my work habit or work style is I'm an extrovert, but my natural style is I'm an introvert. And so it's just something that I've always personally felt. And it's something that if you meet me for the first time, you'll think, no, Greg is, you know, gregarious and, you know, very talkative. But I will say that's maybe me kind of getting more or who I'm surrounded by. Right. And then really showing and 
stepping up to those people around me. I wonder if maybe you're more of what is being referred to as an ambivert. So huh. you're somewhere in the middle. Probably in the middle. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> right, I would say. Glad it meets your fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Better so, term there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love for you, listeners love stories. Mm-hmm. You know, people love to hear stories. You know, before we kind of get into the meat of today, is there a story or anything that you could share with everybody? Yes. I'm trying to think of a story. What's a good story? Good story. Um, a good story. A little unbelievable, but it's uh, realistic. And so it kind of just, yeah, in the day in life of uh, Gregory Vixima. The day after my second child, so my wife and I, we have two boys. The day after our second child was born, there was, while my wife and I were in the hospital, about 20 minutes away from our home, there was a break-in in in my house. And so uh, we did not believe it at first. And fortunately, this is, I would say, a... Uh, a, a testament to Ring security, but Ring did its job of being able to identify or capture motion in my basement. And long story short, I was able to, you know, call the police and get the person, you know, gone. And they ran right before anything was taken. But that was a pretty scary moment, you know. And again, especially the day after. Your child is born. Your second child is born. So was there video footage of this? There's video footage of the person running in, in my living room temporarily. I actually have a camera in my living room as well. And so I was briefly able to capture an image of the person. But um, the person actually broke in through my basement. Uh, and oh, wow, this is actually something I missed. After speaking to the police and my neighbors, they almost everybody were, uh, pointed to Unfortunately, uh, the previous owner's uh, son, there was an estranged son, and it seemed like he would fit the uh, the bill, especially given you had to be about like 125 pounds or so to break through that window that the person did. And looking at the video of the, of the uh, image that we caught, it, again, highly looks like that person, but the police were never able to confirm, you know, officially. And so it gives me a little bit of, con- uh, you know, maybe comfort knowing who most likely did it, but still it was a unsettling, you know, feeling to go through. Can't even imagine. Wow. Yeah. Anything yeah. taken? You guys are good? We're all good. I mean, yeah, it was uh, n- nothing taken. If anything, I say that was my establishing a relationship with the police department in my, <laughs> you know, in my neighborhood. And so I guess it's one of those things where I hope I never have to call them again. But then I also have a relationship with them now. I'd love to hear that, my friend. You know that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I, I appreciate you making time to come here today to edify, you know, not only myself, but, but the audience. And I'd love to really, you know, pick your brain on what's going on now. Web 3.0 and the metaverse and just all these terms <laughs> that are just so new and foreign to most people, but are really just, you know, on the verge of, you know, probably on the precipice, right, of just being part of our daily lives. So yeah. so thank you for, for coming. And uh, if you don't mind, explain to me what Web 3.0 is, mm-hmm. as well as like, what is the metaverse and kind of similarities and difference? Let's start there. Absolutely. So yeah, so uh, through my background, I'm a strategy and operations consultant. And so I've done some consulting for, uh, for some companies in the space already. And just for my own interest, you know, in this space, I've really been digging in over the last few years. And so uh, I will say, Web, it's very interesting. It's new, you know, to your point, and it's emerging, right? And so Web3 in particular is more so, I would say, of an umbrella term of these emerging technologies, right, that are driving the third evolution of the web. And so you could think of there were basically three different waves. So wave one, which is what a lot of us saw in the 90s, where the web was more so, one. this is web 1.0, right? And so this was more so reading information. And so that's where, you know, you had your Yahoo static news page and people were, you know, uh, in love with that because you can get your information, you know, digitally all right there. And so, you know, read information, perfect. That's what people wanted. Then you get to uh, Web 2.0, which is read write, and so this is more so in the late 90s and 2000s, and you know even still a little bit uh, now as well, where you're able to interact as well, right, with that content. And so you think think of Facebook, right, or you think of Reddit, and so it's beyond just reading information, but you're actually able to interact and you know update and create your own social profiles. And so again, there's more interaction with the web. And then now, well, I guess then there's a pro and con of that, too, because with that, the big 
Web 2.0 players, the Facebooks, right, of the Googles of the world, they were able to develop their own, I would say, applications, right, on top of the internet. And so what we consider or think of as the web of the internet, we're really focusing on looking at these applications from these behemoths of companies that have pretty much centralized power and house a lot of our information, you know, and data now. And then now you get to uh, 3.0, right, which is Web 3.0. It's read, write, own, right, where this is more distributed information. So it's not just these big players out there, these Googles or these Facebooks, right? It's a combination of technology, right, where this blockchain technology, and we'll definitely get into that, but it's essentially combining, I would say, three or four different uh, themes of technology. So blockchain technology, you know, a theme of decentralization, uh, emerging technology of AI as well. And so I'll say it's, again, a, an umbrella term that is to cover these emerging technologies that are moving us away from what we know of uh, for Web 2.0 of, you know, those major centralized players and really allowing for an increase in decentralization, an increase in owning your own information and a heavy emphasis on blockchain technology, which then allows for other things such as you know, cryptocurrency, NFTs, and, uh, and other emerging tech. Wow, a lot to unpack. <laughs> a lot to unpack there, yes. A okay. lot. Is this democratizing or is this more like a monopolizing? It's a great question. This is definitely democratizing information, democratizing uh, access, right? And I would say a heavy theme of it uh, with the whole decentralization, you think back to what happened in the 2000s, right? With the financial debacle and people, I would say, really starting to you know lose trust in the government and certain uh, corporations. And so I would say a lot of that really helped drive the belief or the, the desire for something for cryptocurrency and Bitcoin in particular, you know, but yes, a, a major theme is on the decentralization side. And so, and then you, you kind of break into that, you kind of get into that a little bit further, you then, it's really the technology, right? The whole blockchain technology that's driving cryptocurrencies. And this is where I believe, you know, that there's, uh, well, not only I, obviously there's a lot of information out there too, right? Cryptocurrency, people could think of as, you know, speculative bets, but then there's also major use cases behind the underlying technology, right, which is blockchain technology. And so that's the overall theme. Wow. All right. Let's let's break this down a little bit. Let's talk metaverse. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So metaverse, again, is another one. It's a term, right? It's been used. falls under the umbrella it, of 3.0. So, so all these things we're talking about, crypto, metaverse, NFTs, things like that, these are all part of the 3.0 universe. Exactly. That's okay. exactly the point. And so uh, you could think of uh, the metaverse as almost the the virtual world so to speak right that's coming out of web 3.0 and so you know meta for uh, sorry facebook uh changed their name to meta and so they are uh, a driving force in the space but you can think of the metaverse as basically that culmination of the technology that is creating you know those virtual worlds and i haven't touched on this yet but nfts as an example as a major piece you know within um, within uh, the metaverse as well to be able to show uh, ownership, right, of particular digital, you know, property as an example within the metaverse. And so this is all uh, emerging. This is all a lot, a very nascent. Uh, but yes, technically, all of these things are under that Web3 umbrella, right? And so that's why, at least to me, it's, it's exciting, right? Because there's a lot of um, uh, potential in this space. And I think it's really right now companies and teams are focusing on specific projects, right, to really allow for, you know, really understanding how can we get the best use of, you know, blockchain technology? What can we do in the metaverse? I mean, you know, there's a lot with gaming, for example, that has been using, you know, metaverse concepts uh, for a while now. And so, yes, overall, it's part of the Web3 umbrella but there's a lot right underneath that umbrella that's still emerging and growing. If Web 3.0 was a baseball game, mm -hmm. what inning are we in right now? Who? Wow, great question. I would. So I, I will admit I, I don't watch 
that much baseball, but nine, I would say, yeah, yeah, I know nine. <laughs> that I do remember. Okay. I would say we are definitely at first or second inning. I mean, extremely wow. early, yeah. extremely early right now. Like a, a lot of what people compare where we are right now with Web3 might be where we were, you know, in probably the 90s with the internet, right? Of where, or Web 2.0. And so uh, people really didn't understand, you know, what the complete powers of the internet back then, even in the early 90s. And so uh, now you consider where we are now. And so there's a lot of uh, potential and literally just scratching the surface. And again, even when, when you break that down, right? One thing I would say, depending on you know which of those underlying technologies you're looking at within Web3, so you might be a little bit further on with like blockchain, you know, for example. Uh, but cryptocurrencies, I know, are extremely early um, relative in terms of global, you know, adoption. Uh, and so I would say, yeah, early on, but a lot of potential. Are any of these technologies further along than the other? You know, again, metaverse. Crypto, NFTs, uh, what else am I, what else yeah. falls under that umbrella? So I would say, well, I mean, of those, I would say uh, cryptocurrencies is, it predates uh, NFTs, right? Um, technically, cryptocurrency, if you look at it, like most people think of uh, Bitcoin, right, as the first cryptocurrency. Technically, Bitcoin was not is not the first. I mean, yes, it was created in two thousand nine, but it's the first to gain, I would say, global, you know, worldwide adoption, right? And leveraging the current um, maybe blockchain or Web three technologies or all of the technologies that we're used to right now. But um, technically, I think in the late eighties or early nineties, there was something called a DigiCash, where it was a crypto or a crypto based digital um currency hmm. and so that's one of the things but it didn't catch on as much as you know uh, bitcoin has now and so it's i would like the friendster yeah ex exactly the exactly and so there were others and so i say that in that again depending on who you ask right some people say hey this has been around forever this has been around for a long time but some of the a lot of, it really it really depends on when there is public adoption so to speak right and so nfts are i would say a little bit newer because there are these things called the non-fungible tokens where those things are really helping to drive uh, the growth of the metaverse as well as I would say there's a little bit of a perhaps a little bit of a bubble, you know, in the NFT space last uh, a year between investors as well as um, celebrities were able to make NFTs pretty popular, right, where NFTs are these non-fungible tokens where basically they represent a virtual um asset or it can be a, uh, a physical asset that's been uh, digitized right and then now you can you know trade it virtually and so what exactly is crypto we, <laughs> i want to just be real real layman yeah, no no pretend like you're talking to like your your grandma which i am essentially probably have the same knowledge when it comes to technology. break no, it down for me brother great question so crypto right even when you say crypto that i think it touches on two different things it's Crypto, people mostly refer to that as cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. right? Which is based on cryptography and blockchain technology. So cryptography is basically a mathematical and computational uh, method for decoding and encoding information, right? To share secretly. I think technically cryptography means secret writing, technically. And so what you're basically doing is using math and you're using... Um, uh, technology or computers, right, to essentially do that coding of messages so that this way you don't need those centralized powers to do that for you. You can do that through the code. And that's what allows then and then putting that on a blockchain. So that's the whole concept of crypto, where it's basically it's based on cryptography and based on blockchain technology. And that then gets you to cryptocurrencies, right? Which are basically digital, uh, digital currency. And so people might think of, oh, hey, well, don't we have digital currency as, as well in terms of, you know, what we trade in our accounts? Like technically, that's just a digitized version of, and again, I might get a little technical, fiat currency here. I was just going to go there with that. And, and you, so, so, so can you explain to the layman what's fiat? Ex yes, exactly. So 
Fiat currency is basically currency that is it's uh, backed by the government, right, by a particular government. And so um, our U.S. dollar, I think uh, in the 70s, it was backed by gold, but then and now it that's no longer. And so it has a backing by a some form of government. You could think of in, in uh, Great Britain, the, the British pound, right, backed by that government. And so what we have now, what we're used to are fiat currencies, and now there are these cryptocurrencies. The I think the challenge that a lot of people have, right, especially people in first world countries, they don't really understand, right, the need for cryptocurrency and some of these emerging, you know, markets that don't have the same infrastructure that we have, right, to have a very sophisticated um, cryptocurrency, sorry, a, a very sophisticated um, uh, fiat currency. And so that's where we are now. But that's kind of the difference between fiat currency and cryptocurrency. Yeah, I appreciate that, that basic understanding. So, okay, we got the 3.0, we've got this metaverse, which is this digital world that's 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 uh, coming, again, still very nascent, a lot of things that are happening within this world. Yes. So we've got the, the cryptocurrency, which is a combination of like these math combining with this. So crypto and then uh, computational, uh, yeah, computational methods. And so even within that cryptocurrency, there's there's a plethora. There's, I think there's over, I think over 19,000 cryptocurrencies right now as of 2022. And so we don't think all of those are going to be, you know, going to survive. But I'll say the big cryptocurrencies that people typically think of, you know, Bitcoin is a major one, right? Uh, and then a second uh, a big player is something called Ethereum, which is basically um, Bitcoin, maybe a little bit on steroids in the sense that you can go, it's beyond just storing value. So Bitcoin is helpful for storing, you know, monetary value. That's the main, you know, use case for uh, Bitcoin. But then Ethereum adds on to that the ability to add on these things called smart contracts, which are basically self-executing uh, agreements. And so you can think of it almost like these programmable agreements that you're putting into the blockchain as well. And so once you do that, you can do there that opens up the world to um, D, like D apps or, or a bunch of other technology, right? That you can do on top of just having uh, storing value, right? Like similar to what Bitcoin does. And so, yeah, there's a bunch of other cryptocurrencies. So, so this out sounds there. complicated. And again, I don't know if because I'm just the guy that takes an hour and a half to watch sixty minutes, <laughs> or or if it is complicated. And if so, like how how are people? going to uh you know i guess first and foremost understand them and then mm -hmm. how are we going to be able to use this or is this really kind of boxing out old timers like myself yeah so good question i i will say it's one of those things of people at times may fear the unknown right and so it's once you do a little bit i would say if, if somebody were to spend you know a few hours two to three hours literally right and you're just googling you maybe write out some of these terms you can check you know investopedia wikipedia there's a lot of information out there that tries to, I would say, simplify these terms. And so... And this information's on Web 2.0. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. There's, 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 that's funny. Yes. It's not, yes. You can go to Google, right? And then search for these things. Um, but yes, that that's pretty much how I've done a lot of my learning, you know, from speaking to other people as well in the space, too, uh, just to try to understand and pick, and, and pick their brains. But I would say... Um, there is a, um, a feeling of the unknown, so to speak, right? And so as an example, I think uh, one of the challenges with the cryptocurrency space is uh, government regulation catching up to it, right? And I do think there is an element of the unknown, right? And so I was, I was listening to some, you know, regulators kind of speak about Bitcoin uh, and like their thoughts back in like maybe a few years ago. And most people or a, a lot of, you know, government officials are, you know, hesitant about the potential of it. And is it ignorance that's there or what are your thoughts? Yeah. So good. No, no, no. no. Uh, good question. I, I will say this is I think it's a combination, right? It's a combination of um, wanting to stick to what they know. And then secondly, I will say this is, and this goes beyond, you know, my knowledge or ability, but there is a, a I would say, a political nature uh, to it as well, right, of one, wanting to keep the U.S. dollar as the global standard. And that's going to continue. That's government's incentive, right? Uh, hard this, this stop. This threatens that. Exactly. That's exactly it. Okay. That makes sense to me. 
All right, let me, before we get too deep down the rabbit hole, because I want to make sure that we kind of keep this high level mm -hmm. again for the people like me. <laughs> um, so you've explained crypto, you've explained metaverse. Um, but do you want to get a little more technical on blockchain or do you feel like we, we've covered that enough? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can go into yeah, yeah, if you don't mind, just explain. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So blockchain, you could think of blockchain as essentially a, a database, right? A distributed database. Whereas instead of having a database stored in one centralized location or something, it's a distributed ledger, right? Where information is shared across multiple nodes or multiple locations, right? And so based on that, that is what allows a blockchain to be distributed as opposed to centralized. And so that's where it, uh, it again, creates, it, it's essentially a, a database where it's tracking. So as there are these um, transactions that happen, they are secured and they are captured in a block, right? And all it is is what happens is there's a chain, right, which multiple blocks. And so over time, it just gets, each block gets added to that chain. And that's what's distributed across multiple locations as, as opposed to just one particular company. And so that's the underlying technology that uh, I would say is what uh, Bitcoin was, you know, initially created on. And then now that's what been what's driving, you know, other cryptocurrencies. And who's managing this technology? That's the beauty of it. It is there's no central person. There's no centralized person doing it. It really is uh, the uh, a variety of people, right? With, they have their computers. And I don't want to get into every specific, you know, term of, uh, with under uh, within blockchain. But I will say Overall, to your exact question, it's not just one person housing or owning this information. And that's the beauty of blockchain technology, right? Is that you're decentralizing that so that you're not stuck to, you know, a, uh, a server, you know, in, I don't know, Phoenix, Arizona going out and then losing your information, losing your data. You have that information housed in multiple locations, a distributed network that are, or people that are contributing to that blockchain. So that's the whole beauty. Well, what happens it. if you lose? You lose that like electronic or technical key. So that I want to separate. So there is a part of where, you know, when, once you house your cryptocurrencies, you house it typically within a wallet, right? And so you need to have a digital key, right? And to be able to open up that wallet. And so there are examples I've, I've read where I think there's like billions of dollars that, uh, you know, are, are lost in people where they've lost their wallet key, so to speak, and it's lost forever. And so that's the beauty of it. And that's a curse so that if you don't have that information secured, then that's a problem. But then in terms of your blockchain technology, you don't rely on only one node or only one computer. The beauty of it is it's a complete distribution. And so there's a copy of that information on another computer and on, on, on other nodes as well. And so in totality, that's what makes the blockchain uh, work because it's not relying on just one weak point. It's relying on the entire network and there are, you know, backups of that information across the network. Great, 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 great. Okay. Let's now talk about NFTs. I was mentioning NFTs a little earlier. And so NFTs are a little bit of a, an emerging technology. They are what they're considered are non-fungible tokens, right? So you basically create a, uh, a token of something. It's different from a fungible token where you can interact. Like let's say, if I have one Bitcoin, I can give it uh, and, and we exchange Bitcoins. Those are fungible, right? Because one Bitcoin equals another Bitcoin. But with NFTs, one NFT does not equal the exact same other NFT. It's basically, you can kind of consider it a digital uh, passport, so to speak, right? Where it's specific to a particular digitized uh, asset or product. And I would say the main benefits that that NFT is providing, it's uh, confirming the uh, ownership and it's confirming its verifiability of that particular um, not a digitized asset. And so that I think is going to be big, right, in the metaverse, right, when as there are more people interacting with the metaverse and there are, let's say, let's say you own, again, hypothetically, a house, right, in the metaverse eventually there's going to be ownership or claims, right, to, well, who owns that particular uh, plot of land, so to speak, or this particular feature within that metaverse. And that is what NFTs are really going to be able to uh, help or are starting to help um, differentiate uh, 
already. And so I think there's going to be a lot of power in, in the metaverse NFTs there. Right now, uh, I would say there is a big use case for NFTs of people are, and again, a little bit of it, I would say, is speculation too, right? There was a little bit, of, there was a pop, you know, in the market last year as well. But overall, I do see a good use case of that technology of being able to help really show um, ownership of those digital assets. And I think from there, again, as the metaverse continues, as uh, we can continue to kind of build out that space, that's where it's going to be powerful. And, and, and does the NFT sit on a blockchain? Yes, exactly. NFTs are, are, are on blockchains. And so, um, and there's multiple blockchains as well, right? Even different conversation that we can get okay. into. Well, we'll stay high yes, 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 exactly. We can get, we, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is, sits on a blockchain as well. And so it's recorded and stored on a blockchain. Okay. Now I want to ask you about DeFi. DeFi, okay. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, so DeFi, oh man. So DeFi, decentralized finance, right? It's essentially an umbrella term to uh, applications that are getting created, right? To help, I would say, uh, remove the middleman and a bunch of financial applications or financial uh, things that we do, not realizing how much we again, tend to rely on that intermediary, right? Can you give me an example? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, definitely. Uh, insurance, as an example, or uh, trading, for example, trading our um, uh, trading uh, digital assets. So as an example, more recently, I'm not sure, you know, with, with the fallout of uh, FTX. Well, FTX is one. There's a few others as well. FTX was the more recent one. Um, but yeah, FTX was, was a, a big one. There's other players that, that have gone down too. But that was a centralized exchange, right? And so as an example, there's another player, uh, Uniswap, that is a decentralized exchange. And so they would be considered more so on the DeFi side where they are not relying on that intermediary. So in FTX example, there was still a centralized player helping to control those interactions, right? But in a DeFi decentralized exchange, you're basically putting those uh, those transactions through smart contracts, right? Through through the code, and so you don't need to have a, a, a intermediary anymore. It's between person one and person two. So is it kind of like a marketplace for Facebook, where you know, like they put you know marketplace, like they they you know you post something up there. But I would. I don't think Facebook collects any money or anything from it. So this way, you see what's being offered, and then you can do the exchange. I would say it's it's in the marketplace in the sense of you're connecting, you're directly connecting a buyer and a seller. Yeah. And I would say there still is the marketplace and where you're doing it on Facebook, right? Yeah. And so that's uh, a piece there. But yeah, I, I would say there's some some similarity or relevance of you know thinking of it as a uh, as a way to directly connect buyers and sellers to do things without needing uh, that third-party intermediary. But, but just how would they know? Like, let's just go that insurance route. You know, mm -hmm. say I needed insurance for this podcast or I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, how would I know where to go? Like, how would I know that you offer that insurance? So that's so I, I would say there are, I mean, there are companies, right, yeah, that sure. are growing. And so I think it's more so understanding which of those uh, players are, you know, focusing on that particular space. Yeah. So that would be part one. But then part two, in terms of like knowing that you can actually, you know, execute that, you know, transaction, that's, again, kind of gets back to um, one of the core premises of Web 3.0. It's you it's it's baking in through the code that trust. Right. Yeah. So it's almost saying that you don't need to perhaps, you know, trust that there's going to be a big bank or big company that's doing these things through that code and through the technology, it's creating, you know, a trustless environment, right? So that you don't need to have to worry about that. You can go and, you know, execute between part A and, you know, person A and person B without having or needing that third party intermediary. So, so, so that is assuming that you know exactly what you want. And again, just getting back to like, let's just use insurance, for example, like, hey, I might need insurance on my car, mm -hmm. but, you know, I would still encourage most people to really have an insurance broker because they might be able to give you best advice on, well, here's why you really need to have this kind of deductible versus something else. Mm -hmm. You know, they can get really specific and mm -hmm. educate you on what's in your best interest, not mm -hmm. necessarily what's cheapest, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. there sometimes is a high cost to a low price. Mm -hmm. So, so I still feel like there's a lot of value in an intermediary. 
But I think what you're telling me here is this is if you know exactly what the insurance that you want, that you need, if you use DeFi, you can go A to B. That's ex exactly right. And you, you hit on a very good point, right? In that I think we're still going like, to, there are going to be people who do want those those third party intermediaries, right? Somebody to be, be able to give you advice and to even, you know, uh, give you a feeling of assurance, right? Of like, hey, this is what, you know, we think you should do. And so there, there's that element of you can go that route, but then also there's that growing space sure. of where people want to be able to, again, do things more directly. And then also as you remove that, that intermediary, you're also, there's a piece of cost savings too, right? So uh, that's a heavy element too yeah. of where lower fees, lower transaction fees. And so if you know exactly what you want to do, right? And you're aware of the company that's offering that service, that's what, you know, those DeFi apps are basically doing, you know, connecting person A with person B and uh, allowing you to do it, you know, through the code without having to rely on that, you know, big brother, so to speak. Okay. I don't want to get too into the weeds here. No, no, I, can't I get help it. myself. I, I do want to get into the weeds, but I want to try to keep this as high level. Okay. All right, I got one more term, <clears throat> and then I want to get more into just like understanding it, applications, mm -hmm. the work, you know, what kinds of opportunities are going to be out there, things like that. So, sure. what is what is DAO? And I, <laughs> am I pronouncing it right, or is it or is it D A O? Like, yeah, like, great yeah, question. Yeah, Not the terminology too. I want to. I, I will say it took me some time. I was digging into this too, trying to understand what exactly DAOs are. So a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization, right? And so what you think of, it's basically, it became popularized, right? With the whole crypt, uh, crypto and blockchain space. But what, again, around the theme of decentralization and democratizing and giving more power to the people, right? Um, DAOs are essentially, the goal are, organizations right or basically it's a no, i can say i'll take a step back it's not an organization because what they are trying to do are they are trying to replace to a certain degree the typical corporate structure and so i would say it's a group of people right that are aligned around a particular mission so you can you know maybe interchangeably use the word organization for that but what you need to understand it's not the typical uh, company structure, right? So it's a separate legal structure where you are combining a certain number of people focused on a particular goal, right? And the beauty of this legal structure is that it's really, there are different voting mechanisms, so to speak, of, you know, how they decide on what to do or what to prioritize. But the main, I would say, benefit or the main goal of DAOs are not to have one person in a typical company say, hey, this is what we're going to do. It's more so uh, deciding by the group of people, right? Saying, hey, look, through our voting structure, this is what we want to prioritize doing. Mm -hmm. So it's basically giving more power to, I'll say, the frontline employee or person, so to speak, to you know, uh, decide what the organization should be doing as opposed to just relying on the typical CEO, you know, saying, hey, these are the things we're doing. Well, but who's to say if they're right or not? So like, that's like, like that's the you know, more often than not, as much flack a CEO gets, mm -hmm. they're they're a CEO for a reason because they've climbed the ladder, they understand stuff and, mm -hmm. and you know, they they're the ones driving the direction. Yeah. So so I guess what how if I'm understanding Dow's correctly this is it is democratizing things. Completely. And, but but help me understand how that's better. So that's better. So no, very good question. And I will say some of the challenges also baked in DAOs is that there might be, you know, a challenge of like, hey, if everybody wants to have an opinion, you know, how can you actually yeah. get things like done? The inmates running the asylum. Exactly. So yeah, so that's, uh, I would say some of the pros and cons of that structure. And there are, uh, I, I think of quadratic voting as an example of a, a structure that uh, DAOs can use, right, to be able to get to uh, leveraging, you know, math and being able to uh, come up to a general, you know, consensus, so to speak, of what are those things that we should prioritize. And so there's going to be some dissension, you know, assuming that if 10 people vote, it's probably going to be not everyone is aligned on it. But in that in that example, what they are trying to leverage is that voting structure so that everyone can decide collectively, okay, as a group of 10, these are the these are the things that we want to prioritize right through our voting structure. And so um, 
they may decide to focus on something that in a year from now, perhaps it was deemed the wrong thing to focus on. But at least during that time of decision making, they were decentralized and democratized enough to decide what they want to work on. And I think that is the is the big, you know, power, so to speak, of, you know, uh, allowing that democratization of deciding as opposed to just being given something and then saying, here, here, go execute on that. Wow, there are so many things that are happening right now. <laughs> um, of all these things in this 3.0 uh, universe, are, are any more, are any of these farther along? Or if so, where do you see some of the biggest opportunities? Yeah, um, so yes, I, I, I personally am excited about the um, getting cryptocurrency for the underbanked or the debanked population, you know, and so you could think of cultures in uh, in Africa or other, you know, uh, emerging countries or world where they don't have the same infrastructure that we have, right? And so I think that as I've dug in more, I just realized there's a disconnect, right? Uh, there's a lack of knowledge, candidly, you know, of uh, people in first world countries where they don't understand like, like how good we have it, so to speak. And this technology can truly uh, allow people, you know, in uh, other countries to be able to leverage and be able to transact and, you know, have financial interactions without, you know, worrying about like, hey, can I truly go and put my money in this um, bank, in this third world country where I can't really trust whether they're going to be around tomorrow, right? And so that's really, I think, the uh, the power of that technology, I would say, and you kind of build on top of that as well. There's also, with blockchain technology, it also helps with uh, identity, right? So a big theme that we can't really understand, we take for granted the fact that, you know, uh, the government has our social security, you know, uh, information and they have our, our IDs here and we should be able to, if we go somewhere, we should expect, right, that that, that organization will understand and be able to look up who we are. That's not something that uh, many third world countries have the ability to do. And so if you want to go somewhere and say, hey, I am Adam Connors, right, and somewhere else, like, it's not always as easy. And so that is something that I do think blockchain technology is, you know, th there's already um, uh, tests going on. The Cardano blockchain is doing something uh, with a uh, African country where they're basically testing and piloting, right, leveraging their blockchain technology to create uh, digital identities for those people. And so I think that, again, is, is a big use case to be able to I would say, uh, level the playing field, so to speak. Wow. So I am so, excited about that. So where do people go to learn about this kind of stuff? And, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but mm -hmm. are people able to reach out to you if they have questions? Oh, absolutely. I mean, please, by all means, please reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to share my information here or, you know, at, to, towards the end uh, of it. But yeah, uh, yeah throw so it now. I'll, put, yeah. I'll put everything in the show notes, but just the, those sure. that are listening now, how do they reach you? So Greg, G-R-E-G -E dot my last name, Vixima, V is in Victor, I-X-A-M-A at gmail.com. So greg.vixima at gmail.com. That's the uh, best way. Or otherwise, you know, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Always happy to get new uh, connections there as well. But in terms of learning, again, there's so much that's happening, right? And I think the also the beauty of it, you go to sleep. This is global, right? Where you go to sleep. And in the U.S., you wake up and you check CoinDesk, and there's a bunch of new information of things that are happening. You know, what's CoinDesk? Oh, uh, CoinDesk is, is is one of my favorite, I would say, um, Web three or crypto, you know, news sources. And so there's a bunch of of sources out there. But I will say, CoinDesk tends to be uh, get information pretty quickly, and they they are pretty comprehensive. And so I would say, just reading. Adding uh, CoinDesk as one of your news sources just to see what's going on in the world. I think that's pretty helpful. What, what are other good resources like that? I, yeah, that, that's helpful. Like these sure. kinds of things, like what are some of the trusted ones that you're go-tos? Yeah, so uh, that was helpful. I actually, I, I actually do like a lot of these centralized uh, blockchain or uh, centralized exchanges have the their like you know um research arms so to speak and so i know binance has uh, so binance is i think the globally the largest uh, centralized uh, exchange in the world and so they have pretty uh, a lot of good information online about you know kind of breaking down um some of these web3 or blockchain uh, um, terms i would say also there's another one 
uh, that's run through uh, Gemini. I'm forgetting the name of uh, the platform, but I would say go to some of these centralized exchanges. There's just, again, a, a lot of information out there. It's well, that, that's the part. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's like, how do you know? That's why I want to know what are some of the trusted ones, at least that, that you've experienced that you think are good. That, you know, there's so many different opinions on this space right now. That's so. true. That's so I would say if if you're just trying to understand, like, what is Web3 or what is blockchain? What is NFT? I think uh, most of these sources online, right, for the most part, will uh, be aligned, like high level on explaining these concepts. But in terms of is Web3 a good investment, you know, or should yeah. I invest? That's where you're going to get, you know, everybody has an opinion. And, you know. What, what about just like like job opportunities? Where do you see opportunities? Mm -hmm. Like right now, people need to reinvent themselves, right? Mm -hmm. World's changing. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, there's no arguing that. And, and again, you know, without change, there'd be no evolution. Mm -hmm. um, so, so change is good. Uh, but we got to be able to do, we have to be able to adapt and change. Yeah. Where do you, what are some of the trends that you're seeing and what advice would you have for people that are, that would be interested mm -hmm. in, in, in making this transition? Yeah. So a great question. I, I would say there, I, I was actually speaking to a friend uh, two days, who's an actual recruiter in the space uh, two days ago. And if you asked that question, you know, a year ago, it would have been a little, it would have been different, right? Because we weren't in the crypto winter. So right now, given everything that's happened with FTX, that's happened other debacles, you know, last year, there we are going through what's being called a crypto winter right now. And so people aren't investing and it's just a challenging time, I would say. Um, and because of that, a lot of the companies that are, are still, you know, alive and, and well, they're focusing, I would say, in three core areas, um, engineering, right, the technology side, marketing slash business development, you know, uh, sorry, marketing and then business development. So engineering, I was trying to think of three, uh, engineering, uh, marketing, and then business development. So you kind of combine those two, mm -hmm. a business development and marketing. It's really just trying to grow the community, grow the ecosystem, get more aware uh, awareness of what these projects are trying to do and get more people into those ecosystems. And so that's a heavy piece right now. Um, but it's, it's it, I will say it is a challenge, you know, just given the current environment. There are a lot of layoffs that are still happening in the space. Um, but... Kind of similar to investing, right? When, you know, it's when the markets are going down and some people are going to get skittish and, you know, start selling. But, you know, most of the time, the advice is that's when you invest, right? You double to a certain degree, you double down. And if you have conviction and you've done your homework and that's where I would say I'm at right now with the crypto or Web3 space is that. People are running from it, rightfully so. In some examples, maybe there are some challenges, right? But I do think that this crypto winter is helping to shake out some of those bad actors, so to speak. And this is a time that companies are focusing on investing and really making sure that they have, you know, commercialization of and, and product market fit. So safe to assume that 3.0 is here to stay. It's just a matter of which organizations and which technologies are just going to uh, tighten up you know, refine what they're doing and grow. Exactly. A hundred percent. Web3 is not going anywhere. This is a, uh, a force, right? And I will say, again, you think of it, it's being driven a heavy element of blockchain technology, blockchain technology, even CEOs, so to speak, who are opposed to crypto, right? Still speak about how powerful blockchain technology is, right? And uh, again, that distributed ledger mm -hmm. of being able to help with savings, uh, with cost savings and other things as well. And so I would say, yes, the Web3 overall space is not going anywhere. It's just more which companies are focusing, you know, uh, and building things that we're going to use right now. And that I would say uh, that some of the, maybe the bigger web two companies can use or leverage, right? So that they can be a little bit more of a bridge of getting us from web 2.0 into uh, web 3.0. Greg, this has been an extremely enlightening conversation, <laughs> you know, like real, um, I, I very much appreciate all these insights. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to listen to this a couple of times <laughs> to, to digest everything. I, uh, is, is there anything in particular that if someone's listening 
that you'd like them to walk away knowing? Yes. So again, thanks for having me here. And it was nice kind of talking about these terms. I would say walking away, it seems more complicated than I think it actually is. If you just spend a few hours digging into some of these terms, right, and have a sheet of paper and you just start to really uh, start to connect those dots, I, I will say the world, it's not as challenging or, you know, convoluted as one might think. Yes, there are. Like, as you dive in, you can't get you can't go down a rabbit hole, so to speak, right? With some of these things, but I'd say the higher level terms and themes of what Web three is trying to drive at, I do think you know is understandable to a certain degree. It's it's not going to change. I think something else is that while there is a lot of excitement about these things, um, Web two right is not going away. Right, Facebook isn't going away tomorrow. Google's not going away tomorrow. Right, and so to me, it's more of Again, just an evolution of it's technology. Just iterations. That's literally it. And so all we're doing is that we're we're seeing, you know, there's new technology with blockchain, and that's really what's helping open up a bunch of other, you know, opportunities. And so that's really what we're doing now, just iterating and getting to that next level. So we're just providing a label for the next iteration or advancement of technology. I like that. I like that actually. Yeah, I I, I would say so. Pretty much, we we have a new label for it, and um, I think there's been certain excitement around, you know, some of the features of the of that new label. But it pretty much is just the evolution again, evolution from Web 1.0 to 2.0 now to 3.0 and it's just iterating on that technology that allows us to you know be able to access information to be able to interact with it and to be able to um you know trust that without needing i would say without needing that third party intermediary that's a big theme of what you know web 3.0 is trying to drive toward greg Again, I, I want to thank you for making today happen. Extremely insightful, extremely enlightening. I appreciate um, also your uh, offer to answer any questions that people have outstanding. So um, everyone who's listening, take Greg up on this. I know his <laughs> inbox is going to get flooded, so you better get in there quickly. <laughs> thank you, Greg. Adam, thank you again. I appreciate that. And to uh, all the listeners, thank you for listening. I'm happy to help uh, answer any questions I can. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Make it a great day, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Connors, a network-wise podcast. If you or someone you know is looking for a career change, building a business, seeking to expand sales, or is just generally interested in improving your overall health and happiness, then head on over to networkwise.com to gain access to a plethora of resources to help you build your networking skills and community. Those who are ambitious will network. The ones who succeed will network wise.